0: Psalm, Psalm, chapter one. I, it's quite funny. I said to David at the start. David's on uh, on the back on our data stuff, um, and I said I've got two messages, um, and I'm not sure which way I want to go uh, with those this morning. So um, I'm going to start on one, and I might jump to the other, but I won't confuse David too much. Hopefully, um, in this, but we're going to start with um, with Psalm chapter one, and I'm going to read it first out of the New King James Version. It's a bit of an older version. Um, So I'm going to read it twice, Uh, first one in the New King King James and the second one in the New Living. Sorry, the Passion, not the New Living, the Passion Translation. So here we go. Psalm chapter one, uh, verse one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And then in the Passion Translation, that same, uh, that same psalm. So just remember as we're reading, this psalm was written uh, a long, long, long time ago. We don't know exactly how long, but you're talking in excess of probably about 3,000 years that this, this piece of poetry was recorded and written down. So this is an ancient, ancient poem. So you've got to remember that. Just, I think it's really important to understand when we're reading the Bible, it's an ancient book. So we can't use, uh, we've got to be conscious of our modern filters as we read it because we live in a, in a time and an age that is completely foreign to what it was like 3,000 years ago. And so when someone writes this, they're writing it with their viewpoint and their, their worldview and their understanding of God in that particular time frame. And so that's the joy of us with some of the translations we have now is is always remember that English is always a poor translation of the original language because there's there's beauty and depth in original languages that you can't capture in a translation. And which is why it's helpful to be able to look and refer to a number of different translations because you get a bigger, broader picture and a more beautiful picture, I think, of what uh, the poet is trying to capture in this. And so I want to pull this one, which is, the, the Passion Translation, now some people have problems with this. I, I, I don't have a problem with it because I think, this, as I've just said, the original language has depth to it that different people pick out different things about it. And so I want to read this because this is one of the most modern translations that we have available to us today. And so it takes what's an ancient idea and brings it into some language maybe that we can relate a little bit more closely with. So here we are um, in uh, Psalm one. Verse 1 What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways? He won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His passion is to remain to, true to the word of I am, meditating day, on, day and night on the true revelation of light. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design. Deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. But how different are the wicked. They are like chaff blown away by the wind. The wicked will not endure the day of judgment, for God will not defend them. Nothing they do will succeed or endure for long, for they have no part with those who walk in truth but how different it is for the righteous. The Lord embraces their paths as they move forward, while the way of the wicked leads only to doom. My, um, the heading of that particular verse in uh, in the Passion Translation is the tree of life. And I just wanna, I wanna land on this this morning because I fully I fully believe that anyone who is a follower of Jesus, the destiny for you is to be a tree of life. When I was away um, in Auckland, um, I'll I'll unpack that a little bit. One of the things that I really felt God say to me, um, and then it was uh, prophetically confirmed by um, by someone with a prophetic gift later. One of the things I felt God was saying to me was, "I want you to go back to the beginning." And for me, it was about my journey and my beginning, being here in Kapiti. You know, one of the things, um, when I first, uh, when Philip and I first felt like God was calling us to come here, it was way back in uh, early 2000. So it's a long time ago for some of you that are sitting in this room, you weren't even born. Um, others of you remember back and think, sheesh, that's a long time ago. It is a long time ago. And and we were we came here and we had a real sense that um, that God had called us to this place. And one of the things that came out of that was um, was my senior pastor in Auckland at the time said to me, Lawrence, before you go, you need to spend some time with God and get a real sense of what He has called you to do in that place. So get a vision, get a dream, get something from God that you can hold on to because if you're going to lead in a place, you have to have something that you're holding on to because it's hard work. And so, um, so I sat down and uh, I wrote, in, in 2000, I wrote what I now call um, my dream about church. And so it's quite a long, long passage, but I've been back and I've revisited it because I felt God speak to me and say, I want you to go back to the beginning. Um, And so I've entitled this message in the beginning. And the reason I've read that that Psalm chapter one is because a long time ago when I was an intermediate, so that's even further back than 22 years, Um, I had the privilege of growing up in a, um, and going to intermediate at a Christian school. And one of the things that happened there was you were encouraged to memorise scripture. And not just a verse at a time, but whole chapters. And I remember this particular chapter of Psalm chapter 1 um, was something that I memorised when I was about 11. The whole thing. And... Amongst There were a whole bunch of other passages, obviously, um, as well. But this one stuck in my mind because from an early age, I felt God, God speak to me about being a man of integrity, of being a man of conviction, of being a man um, who followed the way of God steadfastly. And when I read, and when I was learning this passage, I was like, this passage gives me some great keys on how I can make the foundation of my life work so that I can outwork that. I can live to be that kind of person. And so that, you know, the thing, the idea of that God wants me to be blessed. He wants me to be a tree of life. That he wants me to live In a way where whatever he calls me to do, he's equipped me to do it. And he's given me a source of strength and knowledge and wisdom and ability to do what he's called me to do. But that comes out of that core relationship of being planted by the river. Are you with me? Being planted where the life of God is. And so I've tried to over my life make that my goal. I want to be a tree planted by rivers of water. I want to be that tree of life that no matter what comes my way, there's something in my foundation and in my roots that gives me the ability to endure and to continue on. And so that... That has influenced me. And, and when, I, when I read um, my dream about church life, I look at that and I go, a lot of that comes out of what I felt God speak to me when I was quite young. And what would it look to like to have a community of faith, a group of people who would live out of being trees of life, being planted in the presence of God, being watered by the word of God and the Holy Spirit in our lives? What would it look like to be that group of people? And I began to understand that if if we could, as, as followers of Jesus, if we could grasp just a little bit of a taste of what that could look like, then that will empower us to change the world. See, I don't. I don't think you and I are here. I'm absolutely convinced. I don't think that you and I are here by mistake. We're here. We're here by divine design. And you're not here just to make up numbers on planet Earth. You're here to represent the kingdom of God. You're ambassadors. And so I want to. Um, I'm going to. This is a really. This is quite a long passage, but I want to read it. Um, it's not a passage. It's my stuff I wrote 22 years ago. And it'll be on the screen, so um, David's got it. And there's a whole bunch of stuff in it, so I don't expect you to remember it. But what I want you to do is I, I'd like you to just, and I'm gonna pray before I read it, but I'd just like you to sit where you are and and l- let it wash over you. There's a lot of words. But I want you to get past the words and let Holy Spirit speak to you. Because what I, I, I guess I feel today is, I want want Holy Spirit to inspire you with the possibilities. The possibilities that he has for you, for us. Does that make sense? Now, these these are my thoughts, these are my words, and that's why I'm saying try and disconnect yourself from who's saying it and let Holy Spirit speak to you. Okay? So whatever that looks like for you, if you want to close your eyes, if you want to read it yourself as I read, that's all good. So here we go. I see a church full of people of all ages and cultures, a bunch of people who are full of life, love, and liberty. They know what it means to live an abundant life. They know how to have have healthy relationships with each other. They know what it means to serve Christ and each other. And they willingly sacrifice to do it. I see a church whose zeal for God and his plans far outweigh any fear, anxiety, circumstance or tradition that may come against them. They know the will of God. And they endeavor to live by it and it alone. They respect their leaders and desire to see them succeeding in leading the church. They regularly see their friends and neighbors getting saved and are passionate about their mission. They give extravagantly, live adventurously, And love exuberantly. They know the joy of life. And are quick to celebrate it and praise Jesus for it. They are not critical or judgmental. They are open, honest and caring towards each other. And they actively seek unity with their brothers and sisters. I see a church that has the fivefold ministries in action, either within or from outside. I see people of all ages responding to the call of God and saying yes to it, without, the, without thought of the cost, but out of a heart's desire to honour Jesus, their Saviour and Lord. I see a church that releases many to their mission field in all nations of the earth. I see people stirred in prayer, Warfare, intercessory, and prophetic for the nation and the nations. I see a church significantly impacting its community and, in partnership with other local churches, being involved in transforming the Kapiti Coast. I see leadership that is servant based, humble, anointed, called, strong, and courageous, biblical, God honoring, and people loving. Leaders without agendas or plans of their own, but fully focused on God's plan and purpose for this church. I see a church full of people that are fun to be with, who are influencers for Christ. I love the fact I used the word influencers before it was a thing. (laughs) Who are influencers for Christ wherever they are, at work, at school, at play, at home, or at the mall. They show Jesus to all they meet, Not just by their words, but by their actions, reactions, demeanour, and attitude. They manifest the power of God daily with boldness and faith. They are passionate about life because they understand Jesus and his plan, purpose, and destiny for their lives. They minister Jesus' healing to people who are hurting physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And they model a godly lifestyle to all that are observing. When they stumble or fall, they are real and honest about it. They acknowledge their weakness and sin before God and others and receive healing as a result. I see a church of order where the Spirit is free to move in power and anointing, but where leadership is overseeing and providing security and safety for people to receive what they need from God. I see a church that is apostolic in function and action. It makes a difference and as no one in the wider community is a great place to be and its people are great to know. I see a church that is hungry for God, that want to know him like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Walk and talk with him, be empowered, impacted and transformed by his presence and be surrounded by his glory. They are desperate for it. And they worship him with all they have. Their desire is to have him, meet with him, and for, him to, for them to see him in all his glory. They want to be a vessel set apart and prepared to contain the power and presence of mighty God. There's a lot in that. And I know some people will say, well, that's very ideal, isn't it? (laughs) I know a Jesus who makes the impossible possible. And I think he has a bigger dream for us than sometimes we we even think about ourselves. As I've re-reflected on that, i realized that I see that happening in our church. I see it happening here. And that inspires me because I know I can't do that. I'm not, I'm not intelligent enough or good enough to do that. That's a God thing. And I want to encourage us today. Today. Because you read that and you think, you know, I can read that now and it's as applicable now as it was 22 years ago. Maybe I'd shift some of the language. I look at it and I'd probably shift some of the language in there. But I still want to, I still think it's an important thing for us to reflect on and to know. Because when Philip and I came here, we had a really clear picture of what God wanted to build. And we acknowledge the journey of this church over that time and our journey. I just want to take a moment to honour uh, the leaders that we have here. You know, um, for a long time we've, uh, we've journeyed with a group of people who have been our leaders, have been our elders now and have supported us and, and worked with us um, through thick and thin, through hard times and difficult times, you know. Um, Tim and Haley, and Glenn and Debbie, Normita and Merv, and there are many others, but, you know, in a core group, and there are many others that have journeyed, I want to, you know, just honour Nick and Nicky, um, who have served faithfully here for a long, long time, you know, and, and they're here because they believe God has planted a vision in the heart of this church and an existence for this church. And I guess my invitation this morning is for you to consider what part are you playing in God's dream? What he sees. Because this isn't about me. Uh, it's not about the elders. It's, it's about God and what he's building in his church. And we can, we can look at stuff and you can go, well, definitely not, that's not happening. Um, and definitely I have a problem with that. Um, and we can easily pinpoint the things that maybe we're falling short in. But how about we look and go, man, it's amazing what God is doing. And maybe if that particular thing irritates me so much, Maybe he's highlighting me as being the answer to that problem. To being able to look and go, if I'm to be a man, a woman, a young person who's planted by rivers of living water, where my source isn't from church, but my source is from the water and the ground in which I'm planted, from the God who's in us and and who lives with us, then I actually can begin to believe him for the impossible. We can see things shift. We can see the miraculous take place. We can see our dreams and our, our the ideas and the things that excite us become a reality because we're planted. You know, I look back um, 22 years ago, Philip and I, and there was, a, there was this thing at the time about community transformation, and they talked about the idea that... Um, if you're a leader and you wanted to see community transformation, if you wanted to see the community, community transformed with the love of Jesus, that you had to be committed to the long haul in that community. In fact, it was so much so there was a bit of a trend going on that pastors would buy grave plots. <laughs> so they would buy a piece of dirt and say, I'm here until I fill that, my body fills that. As a, as a stake in the ground, if you like, as, a, as a, a moment of saying, I'm committed to this place. And I know for Philip and I, we felt that when we came here. Um, we felt that God said to us, I want you to commit your life to this place. And I'm super glad that we did. Because 22, we're 22 years later down the track. And don't get me wrong, there's been some really, really deep water on that way. But God's been faithful. And he's built around us some amazing people. I'm not sure whether you've looked around recently, but sitting in this room are some incredible people. Absolutely incredible people. And and it's a privilege to be part of this family. And I hope you feel that. And if you're visiting, um, if you're visiting today and maybe all fresh and then the invitation is for you to be joined. Join a great family. We've got our floors, trust me. But we're set and we're planted in a river, on the banks near a river. That is God. So I want to pray. Mm. Thank you, God, for uh, your presence with us this morning. I thank you that you don't change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. That you want us to be living the best life. You want us to be experiencing, no matter what's going on around us, to experience the peace that comes from following Jesus, from knowing that you're with us. And so God, I ask for your continued hand on everyone uh, in this space, those that are online watching. God, I thank you and that Holy Spirit you're speaking into each of our hearts this morning. And God, I pray that we would be open to what you're saying. That we would allow your word the word of I am to sit deeply and to take root in our hearts so that we can be flourishing as a tree planted. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.